Hello and welcome to the October 2017 episode of High Tea with Old Waver. Before we start cranking out the jams that no doubt will be earworms for the next month for you, Toby and I need to speak to you about our beloved sponsor, and that sponsor is SeatGeek. Toby, you know, SeatGeek is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or concert. I don't know about you. How do we get there? Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make your life easier. If you're into sports or music, doesn't matter because SeatGeek does all the comparison shopping for you. They search multiple ticket sites and they make sure that you get the best possible deal. They do all the work. You are saving time and money. How do they do that, Toby? How do they do that, Dave? SeatGeek helps you get the most bang for your buck because they give you a grade for that ticket based on its value. So you can see if a seat is underpriced, overpriced, you can find the best deal that fits your budget. And best of all, if you have not used this promo in the past, if you are a new listener to this program, I would like to give you personally, from my pocket, not Toby's, but my personal pocket, $20 off of your first SeatGeek purchase. That's amazing. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter that promo code, which is Old Waver, O-L-D-W-A-V-E-R. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Isn't that amazing, Toby? That is amazing. I've noticed they have kept it Old Waver. Just It's just for brevity. It's I mean, I guess we could have them change it to HTWOW to make you happy no forget it but old waiver is just it's expeditious because that's what it already is and it's easy to remember old waiver o-l-d-w-a-v-e-r there's no i in it sometimes people want to put an i in waiver so so, add, so don't add that don't add the i otherwise you will not get your twenty dollars if you want your twenty dollars enter the promo code old W-A-V-E-R. Download the SeatGeek app. Enter the promo code OLDWAVER today. I've thought of a uh, catchphrase for SeatGeek. Would you like to hear it? Okay. SeatGeek. Okay. It's, it's good, Toby. Thank you. How can I explain when there are few words I can choose How can I explain When words get broken
what he's doing. He really does. Welcome. Hey, everyone. It's the October 2017 episode of High Tea with Old Waver. You have made it to the, I guess, fourth one we've ever done. Fourth, if you count the Depeche Mode as a episode on its yes, own, this which is I guess the, it is. This is the third proper one, but the fourth total. And we thank you for listening. We thank you for being a P1 of the um, Blowout Podcast Network. And thank you for finding us. High Tea with Old Waver. He's High Tea. Hello. I'm Old Waver. He's also known as Toby Pipes. I'm also known as Dave Lane. And if this is your first time listening to us, we uh, drink beer and we listen to tunes and we talk about stuff. Should we that, talk about that the, pretty much it? That's pretty much it. I don't think we need to do a full reset of the whole show, right? I don't know. No one cares. Yeah, no one cares. Should we talk about the beer? Yeah, it's quite refreshing. It's my first beer of the day. What did you think of the the first taste was not it wasn't what I was expecting. I mean it it comes in like the uh the the brown bottle. Uh-huh. And it it kind of it kind of felt like a Coors Banquet beer, almost. Yeah, it, I was expecting a, kind of more of a Mexican beer flavor. Did you already say what it was? No, I didn't. This is your selection. Uh, Kona Brewing Company Big Wave Golden Ale. Yeah. Never had this before. I was expecting more of like a, um, you know, like a Modelo right. taste. I don't know why. Well, because you, you're thinking Big Wave Beach in the sand yeah selfies <laughs> selfies in the sand um these are my toes <laughs> looking out at the ocean <laughs> my office today <laughs> uh, the my eyes are too old to read the yellow type on the necker i can't i what can't you, i can't describe this beer to you it is sun drenched big wave golden ale smooth brew Inspired by what makes Hawaii great. Catch a wave. Mm. Around the waves that roll it. I'm not getting into all that outside. Is that is that um, difficult for you to read or is it just me? Um, I can read it. Like, uh, like I, I, I seriously have to pull it away from my face and really focus on it. Yeah, you're do- definitely doing the trombone thing. Yeah. God, um, I'm getting old. Did you notice in the bottle? Can you see the um, Hawaii in the in the bottle? Have you seen that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it has uh, embossed in the glass liquid aloha. Yeah. I kind of like it. I dig this. This um, is uh, refreshing as hell. Have you ever been to Hawaii? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I was there for uh, honeymoon number one. Thank you for asking. Good. Should we discuss everywhere you went and what you did? And <laughs> um, No. Nah. I've never been to Hawaii. I mean, I, the only island I went to was was uh, Maui. Did you surf? No, did not surf. Did, you know, get in the water and stuff, mm-hmm. but did not ever take a lesson or anything. Would you say um, Old Waver Davy is a is a beach Davy or a mountain Davy? Um, I have the the skin tone and the physique of a mountain person, but I actually prefer the beach. You're more beachy. I enjoy 
hanging out at the beach more than I enjoy hanging out in the ski lodge. Yeah, okay, so for vacation you would pick I would pick beach. I would pick the beach. I would okay. get, I would get burned and I would be really fat and disgusting laying on my beach towel, but that's where I would prefer to be. I understand. I I am a fish out of water as it were at the beach, but I do enjoy it. You? I I think that I have I've turned around and now I'm more beachy. You used to be more mountainy? Yeah. Um, Ski libration? Because I used to, it's because I like the cold, because I like wearing... You always wear the hoodie. I no like the hoodie what. and darker clothes, and you wouldn't expect that I might be beachy. But now you're starting to wear shorts and show off them legs. I know. I think it's when you have a kid, kids make you do things you wouldn't normally do. But then they also remind you that you like things that you forgot about. Right. And some things are fun. Yeah, some that, things are that fun. That maybe you wrote off as not fun. Yeah, and, and that there are also a few things that you can't do as a grown-up by yourself. But if there's a six-year-old, you can, like, fly a kite or something. Right. But if you're doing that by yourself... And flying a kite on the beach is kind of the best. It's fun. Playing a little soccer on the beach, kind of the best. Fun. Maybe um, making a sandcastle. I like all that. Let's go to the beach. Let's go to the beach, but this beer, we'll take a picture of it. I mean, it's making me... I enjoy it. It's got like the, uh, what do they call that? It's not a catamaran. It's, yeah, it's, it's when all the dudes uh, are... An outrigger. Like, it's... It's got like the... It's the canoe with the extra, like, side canoe piece. Outrigger. I don't know. Is that something like a only Texas people say like feeder road? I don't know. <laughs> but it's like a, if you if you watched uh, Moana. Speaking of kids, yeah, it has it's, that it's the kind of uh, island type uh, uh, ocean vehicle. It's got the canoe ocean vehicle boat. Yeah, <laughs> it's the it's word I'm the, looking for. It's got the canoe, but it has that little balancing side. Right. What do you call that? That's, All right, uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna. It. You're gonna look it up. Uh, Hawaii boat. Hawaii. Hawaii boat. That's what I'm looking up. Seems like a lot of things. Would... Uh, how, how about Hawaii native boat? It's the thing like on the beginning of Hawaii Five O when the jam's going. The theme song. Outrigger canoe, bitch. Outrigger canoe. really says outrigger canoe unlike a single hulled canoe an outrigger or double hull canoe generates stability as a result of the distance between its hulls so suck it toby oh man golly you've got me really bad uh two times in the last month what was the first one how do i how did you know that who all the singers of rainbow are Oh, that Dio was in Rainbow? Yeah. I mean, how would you know that? Because I used to like metal. I don't know. Anyway. I'm smart I like think that. that I, I know about I think Outriggers that, and Dio. I laughed when I was like, Dio didn't sing for Rainbow. He had a song called Rainbow in the Dark. That was Dio, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like a rainbow in the dark. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, a little trivia right off the bat. First singer of Rainbow. First singer? 
I believe he was. Yeah. We looked wasn't, it, wasn't he in some other band called Dwarf? Whatever it was, it was all real Lord of the Rings, the whole deal. <laughs> right. But we're not going to listen to that today. No, we're not. Like, yeah, let's get to a tune. Yeah, let's get to a tune. Okay, uh, it's my turn first, right? That's it, kind of uh, our established um, rhythm. I go first, then you. Yeah, let's not mess it up because it's, it's, man, yeah, it's going so well. The reviews are off the charts. Uh, we have already turned down offers from uh, Sirius XM. Um, mm-hmm. And ESPN um, and NME, so that uh, the, they just uh, they're wanting to uh, have too much artistic control over the podcast. Yeah, and, and we have to be free. Yeah, so um, let's start with a tune from a Canadian band. Oh my goodness! And uh, they are back after, I guess, a seven-year hiatus. They have not uh, put out a proper full-length album since 2010. They just put out, um, I believe, their fourth full-length album. It's called Cry, Cry, Cry. The tune we're going to listen to is called Baby Blue. This is Wolf Parade.
How you feeling about that, bro? That's a a serious um, jam. It's kind of a jam the whole way through, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's um, and I I've only listened to this album a couple times through, and this was one of a handful of tunes that jumped out at me. And it seems like it was definitely written to like, you know, play towards the end of the set, like right. really jam it out. And uh, yeah, I really, really dug it. Really like the the horn stabs in it. It's kind of different for them because they're not really a jammy type band. Yeah, it's like a modern day um, Deep Purple or something. Right. Do you know what I mean with the organ and the? Are they are they pretty popular? Like who are we talking Granada size if they play in town or yeah if they if, if they might play Bomb Factory but probably Granada okay if, if, if and when they come to Dallas I mean I've heard the name definitely but yeah I've they, never owned a record or anything they uh, they came out in 05. their first record was uh, Apologies to Queen Mary and it uh, it was nominated for like the Polaris Music Prize, whatever their Canadian version of like the Grammy is. The Grammy is called a Polaris? Something like that. Anyway. Did you just make that up? Um, no. And so the two main dudes are Spencer Krug and uh, Dan Becker or Beckner. Mm-hmm. And they have a million other side projects. So Spencer Krug, he does stuff as Moonface. And he was also in Sunset Rubdown. Are these guys that would end up in like broken social? Yeah, probably. Scene? They they probably have done stuff with them. And then, uh, uh, yeah, Dan Beckner was uh, he's in Divine Fits with the the Spoon guy. Oh, okay. And he's also he also has a band called Operators, and then he also has a duo called Handsome Furs with his wife. That's more like synth pop. Man. So it they seems do like they do a guy... lot of stuff. How do some people just have more time in the day? You could, you could. I mean, in your day, you've been in a half a dozen bands at one time, right? Yeah, but not popular ones. <laughs> yeah, they but take, yeah, they some they reason are, they don't take up a lot of time. They are quite active. Um, I'm trying to glance and see if I can get confirmation that they have done stuff with Broken Social Scene. I'm not sure. I just figured that's Canadian yeah, I mean, thing, yeah, right? Yeah, they're all they're all Canadian dudes, so I imagine at one point you make a run through that. Yeah. Anyway, I, I like I, it though. It's good. It's 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 definitely a. Um, you can tell it's a like you were saying. It's a jam. It's a festival jam. Yeah, and it's 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 grown on me already. The the album, the the second time through, I liked it better than the first. And you know their last record uh, that came out. And, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, your voice is a little. What ha- I haven't asked you about it yet. I you, you told me it was a little raspy, but what what's been going on? Like two nights ago, I started to get like the tickle. Oh, you know, man. like uh, I'm about to come down with something. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing Airborne and Theraflu and took like a random antibiotic I found in the medicine cabinet and um, lozenges. Is it SARS? Mm, I don't know. I don't know if it's bird flu or SARS or what it is, but um, I feel okay. But every once in a while it just cracks. And so I apologize 
No, you sound fine. It's, I can just tell something's a little different. Yeah. And so uh, the last album that they came out with in, in 2010 was called uh, Expo 86. And I really remember liking it at the time. And then so on my way down here today, driving from, from Dallas to College Station, I was listening to Cry, 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 the new one. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, uh, you know, I, I need to go back and listen to some of Expo 86 just as a frame of reference. And listening back to Expo 86, I didn't really like it as much as the new one. So that's I was always, I was kind of surprised that uh, it was in comparison to what I held up as like their great masterwork in my mind. I actually liked the new one better. So Do you know who they recorded that with? Because that, the sound is, uh, they did a really good job. Let's see. It was produced by John Goodmanson. He's done. He's worked with Blondie, Blonde Redhead, Death Cab for Cutie. Oh, okay. Hot so, Hot Heat. All right, so I should know who that is. I just don't. Not a Surf. Well. Sleater Keeney. He's worked with a lot of people. Yeah, man. It sounds really good. Good for them. I, um, you know, it's hard and it's not, it's not their fault. I'm. I always get a little freaked out when there's an animal in the name. Yeah, and they came out at a time where there were a lot of they. I think they came out like right when Wolf Mother came out too. Yeah, and you know, there's always and like, there, there's like a bear in heaven, or there were a bunch of minus the bear, bunch fox, of fox kill rabbit, uh, fleet foxes. Yeah, there were a lot of uh, animal bands that all came out in in the uh, early and mid aughts. Turtle vs. Hair. I don't think that was really one. It is. Well, I'm glad you like it. I I do like it. I dig it, and yeah, what you you kind of made the comparison to Deep Purple. Um, that's what I like about them, and particularly when you see them live, um, mm-hmm. because they're not using a whole lot of loops and samples. They're playing vintage organs and keyboards live are they know? are they long-haired uh, beardy guys um i they may be now they didn't used to be okay they they looked like somewhat normal dudes but yeah they're they're uh they're a good band to see live and and i definitely give a thumbs up to the new one cry 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 from wolf parade i like it that's good see that's why this show is good i would have never checked a wolf parade song out because of the wolf in the name it's got a wolf they 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 were they're, they're, uh, they're a very uh, kept oh god you'll be okay take two they're a very Kevin Engel band what's that mean just uh, they're they're in his wheelhouse and I know that he and I uh, is he like the Wolf Parades yeah he and I bonded over Wolf Parade when that first record came out and uh, apologies to the Queen Mary came out. Do we need to explain who Kevin Engel is, or he's no. kind of worldwide? Yeah, he's worldwide. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Okay. He plays the theremin in Death Ray Davies. Among many. And he was in Sparkle Pussy Dynamite. Who, who could forget that? And Crash Vinyl. Oh, Crash Vinyl, yeah. I'll tweet out some, a picture of, um, I still have my yellow sweatbands, Crash Vinyl. Did you produce Crash Vinyl? Yes. Well, you know, me and Todd. It was fun. We did that at the first studio. It was great. 
The first studio was at the Hickory Annex. Hickory Street Annex, over there by Bishop Manor. It was a lot of fun. I missed that place. It was really small, but it was um, a lot of good things came out of there. Um, but we all got older and we moved on. We certainly did. Um, would, should I should I get into my next? Yeah. Do you need to do a, Do you need to do a setup, or is this another mystery thing that this I'm supposed is, to guess? This one I definitely want to see if you uh, can guess this because I think you will right off. But this is a, I would say, a band that most of our friends have no idea who this is. Okay. Can but, you can you give me a decade? Because um, all, all of your stuff today is is all crate digging. Uh, throwback stuff again, right? Right. Um, and, and well, this band is still around. Okay. I'll explain afterwards why I'm playing this number. Okay. But, um, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see, because if you don't know about this band, I think that you're really going to get into them. Tahiti 80. <laughs> no. Yeah, have you gone back and listened to any Tahiti 80 since the last one? Not yet, but I did put it on my phone. I did put it on my phone to have it in the car. I got a lot of comments about that. And they, they favorited our tweets. I saw Did you see that? Yes. They're working on a new record, Tahiti 80 is. I know. Probably because of our podcast. I know, yeah. They were like, shit, people still listen to us? I guess we need to put out a new record. There you go. It's the global reach of High Tea with Old Waver. High Tea with Old Waver, touching lives. All right, was spin that, this jam. What, what do you? What what, I just said? Touching lives? No. It's okay. It's okay. All right, yeah. Let's. Um, we'll see how long it takes before you guess what band this is, and if you guess it right off the bat, then. Um, uh, what do I win? Another beer? Maybe. All right, here we go.
Shed seven. Yeah, you got it. Uh, first, started the first chorus. Yeah, it took me a second. Um. Yeah, well, the reason why I'm playing it is they do have a new record coming out. It might be out by the time this is, because I think it is, like, maybe next week it comes out or something like that. And I've heard two songs from it, but you can't... I don't think you can download any of the songs yet. Like, I think... Well, I, I could figure it out. Yeah, you could figure it out. But I think that they have a video, maybe, that's out of the how, first How are single. they looking? Have you seen pictures? Yeah, they look good. The singer looks... Okay. Yeah, he looks... They've kept it together. Yeah, I mean, the main thing is the singer's got us stay super skinny right and he looks just the same so um uh and they they, seem to be doing well like ticket sales like a lot of their shows are sold out well i mean they were huge in the uk but they never made a dent over here never and i never understood it did they ever even come over here i don't know but remember their first song um i didn't play the that was sort of a it's that's the first song off maximum high the uh, song that everyone knows off that is that standby song. You know that one? Um, Could you stay on standby? Remember that? I'm because sure. I I'm... need another alibi. To me, I think that was the hit off that one, but I'm not sure. But um, did you ever buy a Shed 7 record? No, I think I only got uh, into them later on when like their greatest hits record came out. Yeah. It was one of those that I I found like on Napster or something. I think back that, when that was happening. I think they got a little angry about the greatest hits record when it came out because they thought it was too soon when the label put that out. Yeah, because it was like late '90s, right? And they hadn't been around for all that long. Yeah, um, but I like them. I like the record after that. They had a record before Maximum High, but I'm not. I don't, I don't know anything about it. I think Maximum High was when it, they hit the scene. Now, in the in the pantheon of Britpop, what like if if let's say their tier one is obviously like Oasis and Blur, mm-hmm. tier two is like Pulp and Suede, uh, tier three is that like Shed Seven and Soup Dragons? I don't know. Not Soup Dragons. <laughs> they, they were more Manchester. No, yeah, uh, I would say Shed Seven was would be around like Ride, that- right? Yeah, because Ride kind of morphed from shoegaze into Britpop. Yeah, you would you kind of had to know or the, um, I guess like Manic Street Preachers, were, right? They were maybe bigger, right? But you they remember- but they were like third tier. They never yeah, like a cast. You yeah, remember the band yeah. Cast? Yeah, yeah. I think they might even be on tour with Cast. I, I remember that. Didn't the dude from Cast end up joining Oasis? That was Cast? The um Andy uh Andy Bell. Andy Bell was from Andy Bell was in Ride, wasn't he? I don't know. No, okay, John Power. John Power was the main dude in in Cast. Well, who was Andy Bell in besides uh Erasure. <laughs> are they not the same guy? No, it's different Andy Bell. I know. <laughs> it would be cool, though, if Andy Bell Erasure was in Oasis. Kind of liven things up. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Uh, Andy Bell was in Ride and then uh, Hurricane Number 1. Remember Hurricane Number 1? No, I don't. 
They had one song. God, what was their... They had one hit. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyway, Shed 7. The, uh, the two new songs I've heard are pretty good. So good for them for keeping it going. Yeah, it, it's... There is kind of um, it's kind of a golden age for dudes our age who like the stuff we like because a lot of dormant bands have come back to life, like Ride, mm-hmm. like Slow Dive, yeah. like uh, Jesus and Mary Chain. Good for them. All right, let's um, switch gears again. Switching gears. Back, um, back we, to my tunes. We, we're still sticking with the same beer that we had, and we will be going to yours maybe after this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I had a serious uh, internal debate as to what song I was going to play here. I don't know if you've listened to the new Morrissey tune. Was there a BBC Six live show that he did yeah at made a veil thing yeah um i watched a blip of that but i didn't hear the song all the way and he was also recently on jules holland and he did uh, um how oh, what the hell is the name of the song cut this part out man i like the big wave god okay spent the day in bed is the new Morrissey tune. And uh-huh. it's it's good, but I wanted to wait until the entire record came out so I could listen to the whole thing and cherry pick my favorite. So um, I think it comes out mid-November. So maybe for the November pod, we'll have the uh, a new Morrissey tune. So in its stead, I decided to play something from the new Beck. Have you, really? Have you heard anything about the new Beck? No. Uh, well, it's called Colors, and it's been kind of in the making for like three years. So there, there are three uh, singles that have already been released over the last two years from the record. There was uh, Dreams a couple summers ago, uh-huh. uh, a song called Wow, a song called Up All Night was on like yeah. uh, FIFA I heard, 17 I heard he or something. Got a little dancier again. Yes. Is that true? Yeah, so uh, after he won the, the Grammy with uh, Morning Phase, he won like three Grammys for Morning Phase, he decided that he wanted to do stuff that would be fun to play live, and he put, didn't want to depress everyone. He wanted to do something that was poppy and fun and would make people happy. And reviews are kind of mixed. They're generally positive, but a lot of people are saying it's too overproduced, it's Beck following trends instead of setting trends. Uh, it's too disposable and polished. Um, and I think all of those criticisms have merit, but I do think there are some really good songs on the record. And I decided to play the title track entitled Colors um, because I think it is the most uplifting, memorable. Uh, kick-ass jam on the record outside of uh, Dreams, which everybody has heard a million times already. Okay, good. Um, Colors by Beck. Brand new.
Does that make you want to party? That is the best thing that I've heard from him in ages. I mean, I like the morning face stuff. It's cool, but you can't... I, I see what he was going for there. Every now and then you just want to... Yeah, I mean, it reminds me in a different way of Midnight Vultures. It's like an early Beck thing, but without the funny. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't love lots of funny in my music. Yeah, th- I mean, there are a couple tunes where he gets a little kind of rappy. Uh-huh. You know, he, he kind of is borderline funny Beck. Yeah. But for the most part, everything is is earnest and straightforward and just trying to make really catchy pop tunes. It's good. It's like... Um, that would be a really good bill, like a Phoenix Beck bill. Right. With this record. You know what I mean? I yeah, think- and I saw him, uh, I guess... I guess it was two summers ago. He played at uh, Governor's Ball in mm-hmm. New York. And it was really, really fun because that was when he was in the midst of of uh, recording this record. And so he was, his live show reflected his, I guess, desire to get people to dance and have fun and not be like a downer live show. You know right. what I mean? Which I totally get. Like everything can't be so singer songwritery you know, watch me play acoustic constantly thing. Right. So I think that that's great. I think the the people that are really turned off by it are those that really only like sea change, mutations, yeah, morning phase back. It's half the, re- I, I don't, I hate reading reviews of things because of that. Now, I know that you're always interested and curious about who produced it. Yes. Who did that? Uh, a guy named Greg Kirsten. Does that ring a bell? No. Um, we'll go ahead. Okay, so he is uh, hes part of Beck's live band. And he produced... Um, what the hell? Uh, I just had it. Oh, so he co-wrote, produced, and played most of the instruments on Adele's Hello. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So he he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Because I would even think that Beck, at this time, you know, his dad is the big composer guy. Right. Or, or arranger. And um, I would think that he could probably record anything he wanted all by himself. Yeah, Beck. Did, like, and I think we said this on the last podcast, it, it's another one that I think might have a little Tame Impala influence. Yeah right at the start of it and if you close your eyes it sounds just like Gary Newman at the start is that crushed you thought about that a little bit right at the beginning when he starts singing it sounds like Gary Newman yeah so uh, Beck and and Greg Kirsten played all of the instruments on the new Beck record colors and so Kirsten he's not only worked with uh, with uh, what's her face Adele. Uh, Adele but he's worked with Sia hello Kelly Clarkson, Ellie Goulding, Pink, uh, Lily Allen. So he's pop. Yeah, he's totally pop. And so, I, I, again... English, dude? He's got to be. No, no. Uh, he is from California. He was... Okay, so here's random um, music trivia. 
his band before he got into the whole producing shebang. You remember a band called Geggy Ta? Does that ring a bell? No, it does not. You don't remember Geggy Ta? No. Um, it sounds like a baby saying Iggy Pop. Let's see. They they had a song in 2001 called Whoever You Are that was used in a TV spot for Mercedes-Benz. I just I I know I remember that name. I know I didn't ever have any of their stuff, but when I saw that he was in that band, it rang a bell. No, I don't, I don't think they were anything great, but he was in that band, and then he kind of realized that uh, he was maybe better at producing stuff. Well, he must be. You just rattled off about. I mean, he's loaded. Yeah, with that kind of stuff. That's crazy. He's the he's the hit maker. Yeah. So um, what's his name? Bill Steve. Uh, Greg Greg Kirsten. Okay, so Greg. yeah, so in uh, in February of this year, he won four Grammys for Adele's Twenty Five. He won Song of the Year, Album of the Year, Record of the Year, uh, and Producer of the Year. Well, he won Producer of the Year for his work with Tegan and Sarah, Sia, and Ellie Goulding. Man, the girls. Yeah, he does well with girls and Beck, evidently. Okay, we're going to change beers, but we are also going to change tunes, and you're going to spin me something that... Are you going to set it up, or is it another... Well, do you want to go get the beers real quick, and then we come back and set this up, or do we... We get the beers during the song. Don't. I want you to concentrate well, on the number. We pull back the curtain, and when we press play, then we press pause, then we go get the beer, and then we come back, and then we hit play again. Oh, okay. Um, how should I set this up? This is an older number. Usually, I have one that I'll like the world party right on the last, which was one great. That I go back to that I think people probably have heard, but they just might have forgotten. Not not a band that's been overlooked, but you probably heard this, but you haven't heard this in years. So. And I would be willing to bet of all the songs that I'm going to play, you won't be able to uh, name the band, but you know the guy, the main guy. Okay. So I didn't necessarily own this. I've just heard it before. You've probably heard it because of, um, what was the alternative show on MTV? 120 Minutes. 120 Minutes would have played this for sure in 1986. We're doing good now. But, we're on our four, fourth song, and we're we're it's a lot peppier this time than last time. I think I might have been a little. I think we have, uh, yeah, we have energy today because we're not trying to cram two into eighteen hours. Hold on a minute. Okay, here's the next <laughs> number. Um. I don't even want to say the name of the song because I think it might give it away. Let's play Will Dave Know This. So, Will Dave Know This starting now. Send 
I'm officially stumped. Never heard that one back in the day. Never heard it. Don't even have a guess as to who it was or who the singer is. Um, I feel stupid. Have you ever heard the name Mitch Easter? Um, as far no. as producing stuff. Mitch Easter? Yeah. Is that like, is he related to Father Christmas? He did all of the early REM records. Okay. Like the you know Fables the, of the Reconstruction. The REM I like, you know, Radio Free Europe, that kind of stuff. Oh, like reckoning the really early stuff. Really early stuff. And a lot of uh southern south I think he's from the Carolinas. He's he's a known name with engineer producer. Mitch Easter. Are you looking it up right now? I am. Um, but the name of the band is Let's Active. Uh-huh. Did you have you ever heard that name? No. Man, maybe this was this might have just been a Huntsville thing. I don't know, but I don't know why we loved the song so much, but it was a huge deal. We thought it was great. So he uh, he did produce REM's Chronic Town, Murmur, and Reckoning. Yeah. And then he also did... Uh, Basically before they got the right, mandolin they, out. and Well, and while they were still on indie IRS records. Yeah. Never heard of him or Let's Active. Never heard of Let's Active. Never, ever. Golly, maybe that was just a thing for us. You, you and Pat. <laughs> Me really into Let's Active. Um, and I have the vinyl. What was the name of that tune? Uh, In Little Ways. Are you cataloging? Well, yeah, I'm writing it down. Yeah. Let's Active Little Ways. In Little Ways. In Little Ways. Yeah. I noticed you thought the singer might have been a girl. Yeah, well, I've been burned before. You've always done the gender bending thing. Like, you think it's a dude? Now it's a girl. You think it's a girl? Now it's a dude. Well, definitely Sting's daughter sings a lot lower than Mitch Easter. Wouldn't you say? He's not a super attractive guy, from what I'm seeing I'm on, not, the, on the Giga. I don't really. He had, he had, he had kind like of a, uh, a a mop top of red hair, red curly hair. Yeah. Um, talented individual, and um, I'm thinking we should just leave it at that, since you uh, hate Let's Active so much. I don't hate it. You obviously do. I don't hate it. What do you think of it? Um, I, you know what? I would have to go back and listen to it again. I know we were talking a bit. I I like the before it cranks up again. You know, there's the end of the chorus. And before it cranks up, there's that little piano one note, ding ding ding, that little thing he does. Right. I like that. Is that his penis on the piano? I don't think that it is, but I can't comment because I don't know for sure. Let's talk about the beer. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I took a calculated risk today. You really did. Well. When you say calculated, because it's October. Yeah, because this is the October version of our or October episode of our podcast. Mm-hmm. I felt like 
that this might be appropriate. You're right. I almost did the same thing. Not this one, but I'm glad that I didn't. Yeah, so I went with... It's a known quantity. Everyone who drinks beer is aware of dogfish head. But I went with dogfish head pumpkin ale. It does say pumpkin like uh, my daughter says pumpkin. Right. Does Clara say it like that, or does she actually say it the right way? No, I think she probably says pumpkin, too. Pumpkin. At this point, they might as well just change it. Right. Yeah, it says uh, our fall favorite full-bodied brown ale brewed with real pumpkin. Brewed. uh, Brown sugar. Allspice. You can kind of taste the brown sugar in there. Cinnamon and nutmeg. It, um, coming from the, uh, Big Wave. Wait, what was it called? Yeah, Big Wave. Uh, it's a shock to the system. It was a shock at first, because when you think something has a pumpkin flavor, I'm never the type that gets something at a coffee place that has... No. Because, in general, what does that mean? Pumpkins don't... Pumpkin doesn't taste great. No, yeah, like pumpkin pie, like the 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 pumpkin filling. It's just a vehicle for the cinnamon and nutmeg yeah, and allspice. It, everything else you make it to taste. It, it, good. Yeah, it's it's just like empty paste that you fill with other flavors. Are you just gonna say every word with P? The hardest you can say it, so it pops on the mic every time. Is it really perturbing you? We talk about this every episode. I'm sorry. I thought I was using the pop filter perfectly. <laughs> Man, I hate that. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean about the pumpkin, the pumpkin flavor. They don't. Uh, it's not something that you're like. Oh, I can't wait for October. Pumpkins are back. Right, and it. Uh, I mean, it's not like we're breaking any kind of news here, but there is a an over-pumpkin spicing of America. I mean, there's like uh, pumpkin spice Rice Krispies. and uh, Are you making that up? I don't know. I, I know for a fact that I did see some kind of pumpkin spice cereal last time I was at the grocery store. That's ridiculous. That already tastes bad. Um, it's And don't mess up cereal. Cereal's just good. I think people people that are in charge of selling crap, they're always looking for something seasonal, something new and exciting to change it up to make you think, oh my god, I've gotta try that. It's got You never you never need to try anything with pumpkin in it. Case in point, dogfish head pumpkin ale. Yeah. It's not bad though. You know what it does make me think of though? This is one of those things that think I mean, you put these in the freezer, right? Yeah. If this was warm... Oh, my God. This would not be going down great. But this actually... It's not overbearing it's like with it, the it, pumpkin it's like a new, flavor. It's like a new castle with uh, like just a sprinkle of cinnamon on top. Exactly. Yeah, it's mainly just cinnamon and sugar stuff. But this does taste like some... If you had like seven of them... Could you imagine the next morning that this would oh, this would come back up in a really bad way? You want to know how much this six pack costs? Seventy-seven dollars. No, 
And maybe this was, maybe I just got ripped off at this particular liquor store that I went to. $17 with tax. Are you, for a six pack? For a six pack. I thought it was a mistake. But I was committed at that point. <laughs> Isn't that funny when you get to the counter that you're just like, I went, what, what is the cutoff that you just go, no, I can't. I went back to the cooler and double checked to make sure that that was really the price. You really did? Yes. I had my my brown sack with the beers in it, and before I walked out the door, I went back over to the cooler. Yeah, yeah, sure enough, sixteen ninety eight or whatever the hell it was before tax. So Dogfish Head really is proud of their pumpkin ale. What do you think would be the cutoff for a six pack that you would just go? If I if I know if I I knew what I was doing, like if I was paying attention and and if it wasn't for the podcast and the joy of the listener. Yeah, if you were just. Yeah, exactly. Like, what what would make you tell the? I mean, I don't the like guy or the, yeah, the guy. Like, hey, I'm not doing. That. That's crazy. Yeah, I, didn't I mean, look ordinarily, to see how much it costs. ordinarily, I do pay attention to the price when I'm buying stuff. Mm-hmm. I was just looking for content. You were probably drunk when you bought it. I was. Um, ordinarily, I don't like to buy a six pack of anything that's over ten dollars. Ten dollars is kind of my cutoff for just. You know, I I like to buy something that's on sale or something also, that I like. Maybe depends on where you are. Right. It, I guess it depends on where you are. Because you can go over ten. I don't know if you can go over twenty. No. That would be the stop the sale. Yeah. If 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 this was not for the podcast, I would have said no. I'm going to get something else. I okay. think I think like like fifteen dollars for a six pack of beer is ludicrous. So I would have put it back had it not been for comedy purposes do you think that this is going to be one of those beers like the coconut beers that are still in the back of my fridge right now yes that these yes next halloween you will still have these beers all right that's the goal is to see if the pumpkin ale lasts all the way to next halloween who on earth would drink it i mean my girlfriend drank one of the coconut ales last time we were down here for the the aggie game we haven't talked about that. Should we talk about that? We can. That you want, was. Do you want to uh, talk about that after the next jam? It seems like there's a lot to talk about with that. Let's talk about it after the next jam. Okay, who's because it's my turn. No, it's your turn. Yeah, and remember, I played you the first like couple bars of two tracks from this band's album. Okay, this was the. Okay. Yeah, and so we ended up picking more of the party jam because. You know, the, the Beck thing was a party jam. I don't know if Let's Active is such a party jam unless you're Toby and Pat. I have another. 13. I, have an, I have a different party jam coming up. Okay, so you're going to close the jam or close the uh, show on a high. You can call the show a jam. Okay. Well, I don't know if you are a fan of this band, but I am a. Do they have an animal in the name? No. I am a, a fanboy of this band. I've seen them um, a few times live. I love them. I have every single one of their albums. And they just came out with a brand new record. And I really, really, really dig it. Is I, this Athlete? No. I hope you will like it too. This is off of uh, the brand new album called Haiku from Zero. This is Cut Copy.
music this time i know i did didn't i i like that that uh cut copy cut copy that was called uh, the memories we share again it's off of haiku from zero just came out um like i don't know a week ago two weeks ago maybe and uh, uh, i really like it i mean their last record which was uh free your mind in 2013, they tried to make like kind of a, a rave type of uh, kind of pre Manchester mm-hmm. Manchester rave type album, and it was good, but it wasn't as good as some of their previous stuff. And this one, to me, where did you? They return to form. You said you saw them a lot of times. Uh, I saw them at uh, an ACL at one point and I also saw them once or twice at Granada. They've played Granada a couple times, I believe. If they play Granada, is that like a sellout? Yeah. So it's sold if cut copies playing, it's sold out. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, I mean they they're on tour. They just played ACL again this past two weekends and they had dates all around but they didn't come to Dallas this time. I'm surprised you didn't go to ACL, your Festival Dave. I know. Well, I'm, I'm kind of too old to be Festival Dave. Those days are gone. Now I'm College Football Dave. You are College Football Dave. You like Dave. that transition? Man, that's why you're... That's why you're a professional. That's true. And you make all the money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, should we talk about that? When we... Um, I think I asked you about this last week, but I can't remember... 
Was that last week? Week before last. Two weeks ago. Or a week and a half ago. Yeah. The Aggies play in Alabama. Yes. In, in, uh, not in podcast time, but in real time. Right. So I guess when you're listening to this, who knows how long ago that actually was in your life. But in our life, it was a week and a half ago. And it doesn't matter. We're not going to recap the game. I don't know. It was a pretty entertaining game. Should we go quarter by quarter? Yes, or? quarter by quarter. Oh, well, I do need to take credit that I called touchdown on the first play from scrimmage by Alabama. You did do that. However, if you're going to call touchdown from the very first play, Alabama would maybe be the team to do that. Sure. I, I was certainly not going out on any kind of enormous limb. Yeah. But yeah, so my girlfriend went to Alabama, and so I was, I, I just day trip as an Alabama fan because I just, uh, I went to North Texas. I don't have any, although, I do, although, I do although like, we are 3-0 and in uh, Conference USA, bro. Yeah. Wakaw! Go. I almost said Eagles. We can't, can you say? Yeah, you can say Eagles, or you can say Mean Green, whatever you want to do. I like it's Eagles better. Or, they were or Eagles. Mean Green Eagles. Or Mean Green Screaming Eagles. They I don't were think they're Eagles the Screaming Eagles anymore. when I was there. They're still the Mean Green. Um, they were always the Mean Green. That's true. Um, so, But I don't have a college football legacy to lean on, and so I just coattail off of her. And, of course, you now live in College Station. But I do like how you go for it with the shirt. You had a, the Alabama, it was out-of-town game. Right. I'm not afraid to go into enemy territory. No, you did. You pulled the North Texas shirt at the LSU game when we lived there, <laughs> yeah. and Mike the Tiger himself. Yeah, arms around our hands around throat. Yeah. Okay. So briefly to tell that story. Uh, so Toby used to live in Baton Rouge, and so we went to an LSU game when North Texas played there, and I wore my North Texas shirt probably the only person in the stadium with a North Texas shirt on. And so first game of the year, first game of the year. Yeah. And so we're walking down the boulevard towards the stadium. And all of a sudden I realize I'm walking by myself because I'm walking <laughs> in we between. We kind of took off a little bit. Because I'm, I'm walking in between the band. The band is lining the boulevard because this is the route that they take to march yeah, into the you, stadium. We were right in front of the music uh, building. Right. And so I'm walking down the middle of the street and there's members of the LSU Tiger Band on either side and they start. It's the fighting Sorry, fighting tiger band. And so they start pointing at me and yelling tiger bait. Yeah, because that's what they do. Yeah. Um, And it was so great to see their faces light up when you turn the corner. And I spent, I mean, I was so far ahead of you at that moment because I didn't want to be involved. But uh, yeah, because for all the freshman band people, this was their first chance to ever do this. Yeah, this is the you first were the guy. tiger bait of the year. Well, they're with their flutes in the air. Yeah, so I was, like, I was tiger bait. bait, and then. But in good humor because, if you have an out of town, sh- it's not like it's the Auburn game, right? You know what I mean? There's there, not there a was, lot of hate yeah, there. There it's was like North there was Texas. no there was no question that LSU was going to be victorious. Yeah, North so Texas they were wasn't going to pull a Troy. <laughs> Remember, they were up by uh, three for about uh, nine minutes 
and North Texas was, was. Yeah, remember yeah. there was like a field goal, and so that was a big deal. But then the flood. I think it ended up being a hundred and twenty to three. Yeah, it was a, it was a record. But God, that was so great. But my wife, Joanna still to this day in her office has. Oh, were you about to say yeah. the next? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So yeah. So the the uh, the band is yelling tiger bait at me in my North Texas shirt, and then I turn the corner and. Right there in front of me is Mike the Tiger. Not the real tiger, but the guy, the really, uh, it, it, it's the really uh, kind of, uh, what's the word, unstable mascot, where, yeah, he, the where one he's that, got the human arms, but the tiger head. Yeah, he's wearing you know, the football uniform, but he's got human white dude arms, and then just the tiger head. Right, the have, one that takes the pictures with all the kids. Right, he doesn't have, but he doesn't have like tiger arms and legs. He's he's like a minotaur. He's like half tiger, half man. I think you're looking way too far into this. Anyway, so I, I I round the corner. I'm trying to escape the band. I round the corner, and there's Mike the Tiger with his like handlers, like his his bro dudes. That you know, probably like, tell him which way to go. Yeah, because he can't see. He has no prefer- peripheral vision in his helmet. Right. And so I'm like, oh man, can I get a picture with you? And so uh, originally one of one of the handlers was like, no, no way. <laughs> and then you know, he, Mike the Tiger was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I give my phone to one of the one of the dudes, and we. I just thought we were gonna just pose, like you know, put my arm around him. Mike the Tiger gets me in a headlock. <laughs> it's good. It's good. And yeah. this picture is on Joanna's wall in her office right now. I need a copy of that picture. I don't have that picture. No I don't pic- know what happened no to it. No picture of me in the office. Just me. Just Dave. Just me. But um, yeah, I will get Joe to take a picture of the picture. Okay. And we will tweet it. Tweet it. Yes, I want to. I want to see the picture in its environment yeah in, in the, the environment office. Yeah. we'll do one from kind of back so you can see the wall and then a um a close-up so you see the actual gold of this it is just college yeah gold we didn't have anything quite as magical at the uh, alabama a&m game no, but it, was, we're it like, was a fun game but that is good though to compare it's like it's just as crazy but in different ways where baton rouge you know louisiana of course is absolute chaos um but everyone's so used to it so you get used to the crazy tailgate and the whole thing whereas this of course a&m has it down to a science right and how controlled everyone is everyone does the exact same thing through the entire game yeah and standing on the bleachers crazy. everything in unison when they're doing it's it bonkers. it is so loud and nuts but a different nuts than say yeah. tiger death valley on a saturday now we weren't thing. we weren't in the midst of the tailgate that's true at, I at kyle field we saw a it blip seemed, of it it seemed to me that alcohol was a, 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 not as high a priority at Kyle Field as it was at Death Valley. Well, yeah. Well, Louisiana, that's what makes the... That, the yeah, that everyone everyone at the LSU game is trashed. I didn't get that sense. I saw, you know, the occasional, you know, uh, co-ed that was, like, stumbling and having their friend taking care of them. But for the most very part... Very rare. Very rare. Most of those kids were on Everybody point. was pretty squared away and pretty much... It, 
they had the the yell practice down. The party definitely was after. Yeah, the party was definitely after. And you know, I am not uh I'm not an Aggie lover. I wouldn't say I'm an Aggie hater. Right. But I have an appreciation especially seeing because we were in the visitor section right next to the student section. And so having an up close view at all that goes into being an Aggie. It was cool to watch. It, it was cool to watch. It is a cult and it is totally crazy, but I I get it if that's if you're identifying with that, if that's your thing, yeah. why you would gravitate and and grab onto it and hold it up as sacred. The commitment that every single Aggie in that building had when there was virtually zero hope that they were going to win that game. No, they stuck it out. It was like 24 to 3 and they were still screaming and yelling like it was the first quarter. <laughs> and then to- and then they damn near pulled it out. I mean, they did, there was not enough time for them to make the comeback, but they made it respectable and it was a really really entertaining game. You know, as on national TV, you want to put your best foot forward as as a program and as a school and as a student body so i get it they did it you said that you were going to close out the party with i'm keeping the party jam the dance party going this is one of those records it was really hard to pick the tune and i went ahead and picked the one that might be the most well known probably works in my favor yeah we'll see just to see um to help the it's still a great jam might not be my favorite on the record because the record's really good but um i don't you know same thing we don't like to set it up we like to just play it and see how far dave gets okay all right here we go i will shout it out as soon as i know it next song starts now
ring any bells? No. So I already guessed sneaker pimps. <laughs> then that's a good <laughs> that guess. A, that was a joke. But uh, but there is a backbeat in there that's sort of like the sneaker pimp. Yeah. Uh, Saint Etienne, I guess. That wasn't right. Mm-mm. A Lady Hawk, I think you said. Yeah, I said Lady Hawk, but Lady that was Hawk's later. Lady Hawk's too new. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Lady Tron would be later. Um, it's not heavy enough to be curved, although her voice on it kind of sounds like that chick. They would have maybe been influenced by Curve a little bit. That's probably the closest one you got. I have no idea. Do you remember a band called Dubstar? No. You've never heard of Dubstar? No. Dubstar. I, yeah. How I, many records? I want to say there might only be two or three. They did the... Um, Sarah Blackwood. Yeah, remember the band Client? She's a she's a looker. Yeah, do you remember that band Client? No. That's what she was later on with the uh, the other girl in Client was married to the guy that started Creation Records. Um, you know, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. Uh. I want to say Dubstar had one of those catching up with records for America. Like the the record that I have is a almost like a compilation of their first two. Hmm. Okay, so the other chicken in uh, client was Kate Holmes, and she was married to Alan McGee. That's it, Alan McGee. Yeah. I don't know why I forgot. Yeah. Um, but this this dubstar. Oh, okay. Record, so Kate Holmes was in Fraser Chorus. Yeah, that's right. Oh wow! Remember that Cloud uh, yeah, Eight? Cloud Eight. Yeah, it was their big hit. I saw them at Trees. I may have been at that show too. Yeah, it was good. There was only like a hundred people there. It was awesome. I didn't know you then. Oh my goodness, we could have. Been our, standing our right next to each other. Just then. This is the best day. Um, Did you know that Client was the first act signed to Andy Fletcher's Rabel, uh, label? Rabel. I'm getting drunk off of Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead got you. Um, what was the name of that label? Andy Fletcher's. Uh, it was Toast Hawaii. See, we just brought it back full, full circle, didn't mm-hmm. we? With mm-hmm. our Hawaiian beer. It looks like they only had one album. No, the no? the Goodbye record. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so they had Disgraceful in 95, Goodbye in 97. Yeah, Goodbye was the compilation I'm talking about. Okay, Make It Better in 2000, and then a, a Best Of in 2004. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but- Huge player on the bus after shows in Europe. Dubstar, Stereolab, Old Genesis, Neil Diamond, and um, probably Shed 7. Shed 7's probably the outlier in that group. Yeah. They were more of the rock band. That's when you would uh, take your Hamburg honeys to the back of the bus? There were no Hamburg honeys. No? No, Dave. 
I wish I had stories like that, but I just don't. Maybe Clay does. <laughs> Viking buff. <laughs> Sarah Blackwood and Dubstar. Never, ever would have guessed that. You've ever in never a million heard of years. Dubstar never. Ever? No, never. That has to be on something that you have. No. You know. I wasn't I wasn't traipsing about Europe in the 90s to hear all of, to hear <laughs> yeah I, I should have been it really should have been it was but yeah no I didn't hear these obscure euro bands that you are so intimately familiar with All right well let's just Punk and ale Punk and ale Punk and ale Mmm mm. it tastes like bile a little bit Mmm it's the Mmm, pumpkin seeds in my mouth. So don't forget. We're gonna have a Christmas. Your clocks. No, to hang up your clock. I thought it was about falling back to daylight savings. No, no, it's a Christmas song. Are we gonna have a Christmas episode? We can. We can play the U2 Christmas song. See, this is why we didn't sign the contract with Sirius. It's because we're, we're free. That's right. We can do whatever we want. Whatever we want. I really don't want to do a Christmas episode. But there you go. You're free not to do that. I mean, I guess we could play our favorite Christmas carols, but who wants to hear that shit? Um, there are bands that have Christmas songs. I guess. Uh, all right, you know what? Okay, all right. You, you've, you've turned me around. You've turned me around. We, we'll do our homework and we'll find good stuff. Cut all this out. No. We just had pumpkin ale and you need to wrap it up. So, like right now, I need to wrap it up. Whenever you're ready. Would you like to hear the music? Will that help you? No, no. Will this help you? Oh my god! Yes, it helps me. Wrap it up! You know, we we really uh, had a couple of hot party jams to end the, the podcast today, but nothing is as big a party as this. Holy crap. Is that good? It makes me want to spin around in circles and kiss you gently on the cheek. <laughs> wow. We want to we thank all of you for putting up with our nonsense. This has been uh, the October 2017 episode of High Tea with Old Waver. I'm Old Waver, also known as Dave Lane. He's High Tea, also known as Toby Pipes. We love you. Do I play the tambourine? It's kind of a thing now, isn't it? You do what you want to do, Toby. You came in too late. Do you want to do it? It's a very aggressive fade. Do you want to do a different wrap up? No.